Hi everyone and welcome to the Effortless Weddings Podcast. My name is Heidi, I'm your host and a marriage celebrant in Melbourne. If you're interested in booking me as your celebrant, please give the podcast a review and just email me a screenshot to get a 10% listener discount off the package of your choice. For those of you that are new to my audience, thank you for joining me. Each week I talk to a wedding industry professional about how we can help you with planning your wedding. Not anyone else's idea of a wedding, your wedding, an event that is meaningful to you. We guide you through figuring out what that means with the aim of making it all completely effortless. Today, I chat with Ashley from The Other Bridesmaid, who harnesses her years of industry experience from all over the world to assist you in creating a personal and unique event. Whether you require full planning, styling and coordination, or you just need a helping hand with a few items, you can be sure that The Other Bridesmaid will bring your vision to life. Awesome. So hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining me on the Effortless Weddings podcast. How are you going up in Queensland there? Yeah, good. Hanging in. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking very forward to it. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Is it warm up there at the moment? Always. (laughs) It's always warm. We've had a bit of a crazy heat wave at the moment, but Again, there's been more things to complain about this year, so just embracing it. Yeah, that's right. Look, we're pro- always jealous of you guys down here in Melbourne because <laughs> we can get four seasons in one day, so no yeah. predictability. <laughs> yeah, no, we just get summer. Yeah. We just get the heat. Yeah, yeah. One day I'll, I'll hopefully move up there and I'll stop complaining about Melbourne. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, You'll find something when you get here. I think we're human. That's how it works, you know? Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Now, yeah. your business is called The Other Bridesmaid. Is that correct? Yeah, that's us, wedding planners and stylists. We do coordinating and we plan, style and coordinate bespoke events too. Bespoke events. So like birthdays, corporate events, things like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Baby showers, 21st, engagement parties, 30th, all of it. Yeah. You co- yeah you cover everything there. Yeah, you kind of have to, I think. Um, obviously, the other bridesmaid lends itself mostly into the wedding industry, and that's definitely where our heart is. But a lot of our referrals um, generally come from couples, friends and family, and they've seen us at events, and then they want us to kind of cross over. So it's not something we advertise that much. It's more by a word of mouth. Yeah, fair enough. That's cute, though. Like if you do somebody's wedding and then you do their baby shower and then their next birthday, and yeah, that's super cute totally yeah keep it in the family yeah (laughs) and how long have you been operational so the business itself has been around for about five years I actually purchased the business two years ago um so I've been in weddings in Australia for the last two years but before that I was working in events in Europe and the U.S. yeah so when you say the U.S. where in the U.S.? All over, actually. I was working for high-profile clients. I studied, just backtracking a little bit, I um, studied fashion design in South Africa straight after school. And, yeah, took myself over to Europe for a gap year to go and work on the super yachts and kind of got wrapped into the whole world. And, yeah, ended up working with some really amazing families and did everything for them, really, from organizing their lives, their budgets, um, their holidays, their events. Yeah, a little that's bit amazing. Yeah, I've to travel to some incredible places. Yeah, yeah. Loved I was going to ask next, sun. like, was there anywhere specific in Europe? But obviously not. You've you've been everywhere. 
Been pretty much everywhere in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of specifics, I think if if I go, I'm um, jump ahead a little bit there. My favorite place, hands down, is Alaska. One of the most challenging wow. places. Yeah. One of the most challenging places to work by absolute far. Um, but just so eye opening. Mm, it's high up on my bucket list of places I really want to go to one of these days when we're allowed to travel again. Um, but it changes you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because yeah. just when you see photos or if you see it on a movie or a TV show or something, mm. you just think, wow, that place looks epic. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of another word. It, yeah. It, but it, that's exactly it. And there's just something about all of the elements. The elements, the animals, um, yeah, it just it shifts something inside of you. Um, and it's it's a bizarre place to be, I've got to be honest. Like, <laughs> especially with all the darkness they experience and stuff, the people. Um, but yeah, it's it's very special. So that I think that would be something that lives in my heart forever. Oh, that's awesome. And with all that experience from all over the world, you're bringing quite a portfolio to your now current business in Australia. <laughs> Certainly. I think that as well as a lot of um, influences from lots of different places, um, I think we're so easily influenced by the stuff that's around us. And I count myself so lucky to have been able to dip into that in different parts of the world. Um, Also to get to work with suppliers across the board from different countries, different nationalities, different languages. Um, You really develop this ability to think on your feet and especially problem solving. So it's definitely skill sets um, that I'm grateful for. And I've got to be honest, arriving and landing in Australia and working in the um, Brisbane industry here has been so cruisy because of it. You know, everyone's just been so wonderful and so welcoming. So yeah, great journey so far. Yeah, I mean, we've got such a melting pot of cultures living here in Australia. You bringing that experience from all over, like you said, it's really bringing quite a background of knowledge and experiences and situations that you've been in. And yeah, inspiration, you know, if someone wants like a, a Mediterranean themed wedding or a New York style <laughs> wedding or yeah, and they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Very much so. For sure. And that, and there's also been another point, which I guess didn't actually factor in for me in the beginning, was that I would get couples um, that were living in places. So I'm currently planning weddings for a few couples that are international and are living overseas that are living in places or traveling to places that I have been or have lived. And it makes like conversations so much easier. You can, you're almost relatable in a way to people that are outside of, um, outside of Australia. So that's been quite interesting. They, there's some sort of gravitational pull towards those sort of couples too. Yeah. Well, your lifestyle of travel and all the places that you've been, you're bringing all that with you. So when someone says, I really want to channel this from my culture or this from my travels, you can go, okay, I've been there. I get what you're saying. And you can yeah. run with it really easily. That's a, that's beautiful. Totally. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're lucky to have you here in Australia. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've been so lucky that Australia has been so welcoming, you know, coming from South Africa, lifestyles very similar. People are similar cultures, similar languages, obviously the same climate's almost identical. So it's been such an easy transition for me, but irrespective, no matter how many countries you travel to or where you've come from before, you always feel like a little bit of an outsider. And I can tell you, fully and honestly that I have never felt that way I mean since touching down and walking in I felt so welcomed and that's a really beautiful thing because 
having been to so many countries, I can tell you I wasn't received in the same way everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of places where they kind of like put the bars up and they're like, oh, oh especially when you speak English. So yeah, I've yeah. been so happy here. So all, all great so far. Oh, we can give ourselves a pat on the back, Australia. Well done. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and you said like you're planning weddings for couples who are currently based in other countries. Does that mean that you can plan weddings that are going to happen in other places or are these couples going to be getting married in Brisbane? Like, How's that working? So majority are getting married in Brisbane. Um, I think it's really valuable for people that are living either even interstate um, that aren't on the ground here. There's so much value in having someone that is here, not only having the industry experience and knowing what's happening, but also to action things for them on the fly. Time zones are not your friend when you're playing, planning a wedding. I actually obviously planned my own wedding back in South Africa. And the difference between here and there, I think it's eight hours. So that's a huge factor in itself. So majority of couples are getting married here. Having said that, um, there have been a few inquiries. I've actually very sadly just at the start of COVID had to let one go, which was an inquiry from Mexico. And I was like, yeah, let's do that which was quite fun. And that, I mean, that had really just come from someone seeing one image that resonated with them and yeah. And then there's another one that's in Bali for 2022. So yeah, bit of a mixed bag. So exciting for you. Yeah. You're really covering everything. And I was going to ask, what's your point of difference, but I feel like we may have already touched on that with that conversation, (laughs) but is there anything else you feel kind of, yeah, sets you apart? I I don't really like to discuss being set apart. I think a point of difference always is like a way that you're better than someone else. And I'm fully about community over competition. So I don't think it's so much that, but I really take on that role of being the other bridesmaid. And that's from inquiry to completion of the wedding. A successful delivery of a wedding for me is when we don't say goodbye at the end of the wedding because I know that I'm going to see those people again. Um, And that starts for me right at the beginning. I absolutely love what I do and I love the people that I do it with. And it's just bringing heart, doing everything that I do from a space of love. And I guess the most important thing is that I want every single one of my couples to feel like they are the only people that we're planning for. So pulls on the heartstrings there Ashley you got me I was like I I want her to plan my next event maybe I should have my next birthday in Brisbane (laughs) just quietly yeah just please not in November or December I don't think we can do another one in this heat sorry my birthday's Christmas day so Oh, well, that's coming around. Yeah, so maybe not my next birthday, maybe the one after. Yeah, anyway, one day (laughs) we'll talk. One day, yeah, for sure. I'm actually in um, Melbourne in March next year for a wedding. My husband's birthday is in March. (laughs) I'll find an excuse to work with you. I will. There you go. We'll get there for sure. For sure. Yeah. And so when a couple do inquire with you, obviously there's a certain amount of information you'd probably like to know from them, you know, for example, the date that they're looking at, if there's a venue they're looking at, are there anything other, sorry, are there any other (laughs) items in particular that you need to be aware of at it at the point of inquiry at the point of inquiry not necessarily there's obviously such a range of um, couples that come to us some of them have like 
just recently got engaged and they're still in that bubble and they're like we just want to know all the things and then there's others that are like okay we've done all the things but we don't want to do any more of them so yeah. they come <laughs> at that stage so the most important thing for us is um names for me because you're like I'm I respect people that use automation really, really well, but it's something that I can't really wrap my head around. And I guess that comes back to that personality and doing everything with heart. So knowing who you are, like that's where it starts. Um, date, if they've got a venue, where that venue is. Um, for some people, it may not even be a venue. It may just be a location. So they'll say that we want to be in Byron Bay. And then we've just got a little thing on our inquiry form that pretty much says, tell us how we can make your dreams come true. And it's just for them to decide whatever they want to give us in that stage, whether it's just after some pricing or this is the venue I have in mind. And we really take it from there. So yeah, then it gets to the like all the bells and whistles and the congratulations and everything else. And we we feed off of our inquiries, you know, and we can tell when someone's you would know when they send an inquiry with a lot of information, you know that you want to give them all the answers. They want so much from you. Whereas some couples will come and be like, oh, we just want some pricing. And then you know that that's all they want. There's there's still a bit of a boundary there. So you're not going to cross it. So yeah, we just read, we read the situation from couple to couple. So every single wedding's unique. Every couple's unique. The planning process is unique. It's it's all one of a kind. <laughs> You're so right. And I'm with you on the automation thing. Like I recently mm. tried my hand at Planoly. Have you played around with Planoly at all? I'm not good at it because I secret. Yeah. yeah, Like Instagram's the only place I automate. (laughs) Well, yeah. The thing is like, I just find that I post on instinct and same with like responding to emails. I'm the same as you. I don't have, like, I might have an automated, Hey, I'll get to you as soon as I can, but then I get to it and it's like a a tailored response to, to what they want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It's not not really in my bones. Yeah. Yeah, It's not really in my bones either to just automate everything. Cause like you say, every couple so different so unique and yeah. I've always kind of thought about it this way like if if I do respond to that inquiry and I've really taken the time to respond to that person most of the time I've looked at their date a few times I've double checked their name a few times I know what their venue is so if I do send my packages and I get a surprise phone call straight after that and they say to me hey Ashley it's Steph calling I sent you an inquiry and you just sent me your packages already I know I'm like okay Steph's definitely getting married this year and oh yeah you're getting married at the Carlisle how are you Steph you know we've already now crossed that barrier and she realizes that she's important so that's where that that beginning inquiry phase is I'm all for a draft email template like there's a lot of them but yeah then we just take it that one step further and we we all want to feel special we're in an industry that's about feeling special yeah. Yeah. And I'd hate to miss something, you know, like if there was something in particular in that, that first initial inquiry that's not covered in the templates or the the automated yeah. responses, I would hate to miss that. And I don't know, just, it just wouldn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not providing well, the right service. Hey, yeah. That's it. Fully. Yeah. It's like you say, there's Beautiful. such an intimate joyous event that you want to feel like you're providing a service that responds to that. So yeah totally yeah and you it is intimate and I yeah. want to get intimate too yeah I'm like, <laughs> we're I gonna be friends know everything about you exactly yeah. and I say that like sometimes you don't like sometimes you know that there's just some people you can't say and other times I'm like 
at the end of this, we are going to be best friends. Like I yeah. hope you're ready for it. <laughs> yeah. You might be, you might not be, no one knows, but I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can predict it right now. We're going to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, and we attract our tribe, don't we? We do. We absolutely do. Yeah. And after that initial sort of inquiry, the journey would obviously be different for each individual couple and depending on what kind of package they go for. So would you be able to sort of run us through the difference in the differences in the packages and, and how it works leading up from inquiry to the big day? Yeah, sure. So whilst, I mean, we've obviously just spoken a lot to the fact that every single one is very unique. At the same time, I um, come with my own massive backpack of OCD issues. So <laughs> I am very um, workflows and systems orientated. So my client journey is whilst very unique to that couple specifically based on their needs and requirements, it's very similar across the board. Um, after our initial inquiry process, I always offer either a call if you want to just call and introduce yourself or we just go and grab a cup of coffee I'm caffeine queen so I'm like <laughs> any day like I'll never turn you down for a coffee um so that would generally be the initial stage and then thereafter we go through the service agreement and the deposit invoice we lock that date in depending on what the booking is we then move into a questionnaire phase I find um, and I know a lot of planners have mixed feelings with regards to questionnaires and I've kind of dabbled in both situations. A lot of people, especially more introverted people, aren't actually able to open up in a public, a public situation or a social situation. So what you find is sometimes you'll have either one half of the couple or neither of the couple who are a little bit reluctant to give you information. And no one wants to make anyone feel uncomfortable. So if you are sitting in that consultation stage and I'm picking for information and going, but tell me how you got engaged. And they're kind of like, oh, it was one day in September. And you're like, but where? You know, you can't, it's, it's very difficult. So I found that the questionnaire is a beautiful way to let them open up as much as they want. And then I use that as talking points. And I go, all righty. So you guys got engaged on a hike in New South Wales somewhere. So you like hiking. Great. Take that off. So it's a way of getting to know our couples. Then we usually move through the, um, obviously the styling in weddings is a big part of the foundation. And whilst it's not the most important thing, it definitely directs all of your other decisions um, in terms of what you want your venue to look like and the type of photography editing that you're after or the color of your florals. It, it really sets the tone for the rest of the adventure. You always wanna get your save the dates out sooner rather than later. So if I already know what our end goal is going to look like, and sure, that's going to evolve um, constantly throughout the process. But if I have an idea, then we've got something to start with. So we go through that proposal. Um, clients, and a lot of them, I'm sure your listeners will be able to resonate with this if they have had planners, is that the first up to three months, that can be two, three days with some couples, that can be three months and two weeks with other couples, you have the couple's undivided attention. So they've just booked a wedding planner, they're excited, they're on board, they're gonna answer, respond, call, do what you want them to do for those three months. Then they kind of phase back into their everyday life and they've got this idea like, oh, okay, the wedding planner's got it, which even if you're asking for information, it's quite unlikely you're gonna get it straight away. And then they come back. And then like two months out, they're like, whoa, what's happening next? Like, where are we at? And you're like, don't worry, guys, we've been keeping the ball rolling this whole time. Um, so that's kind of what the journey looks like. In terms of what our services are, we range from full planning, 
So full planning is absolutely everything. And I say to all of my couples, the only thing that I don't do is I don't plan your honeymoon. So I'm waiting for the day that this burns me. It hasn't yet. Um, but yeah, I'll get you to the airport. Like I'll get you. Up the <laughs> you need me to pack your suitcases. Like why not? I'll bring the wine, but I just won't plan the honeymoon. So that's usually the full planning. And again, that gets tailored because I've got some full planning clients that want us to go as far as um, attire proposals and then go shopping with their bridal party, like going and buying the groomsmen's attire and the bridesmaids and all of that kind of stuff. And then you've got some couples that are like, you're doing full planning, but they don't want you to do that. You know, they want to do that themselves. So it's just the ebb and flow um, of the planning. Then we've got partial planning, which has our couple booking four of their main suppliers, one of whom has to be the venue. Then they can pick anyone else after that. We still manage that booking. This is where a little, a few couples get confused. So once they've made it, we still manage it. We still communicate with that supplier. We still add that information to the budget. They just find them and contract them. And then we kind of take over from there. Then we do design and styling, which is essentially full planning, but for all the visual elements of your wedding day. So we wouldn't book in things like your transport <clears throat> or your catering, but we would do your stationery designer, your cake, your florist, et cetera. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then we do on the day coordination. So that's for couples who obviously have all of it under control and they really just want someone to come in a month out, we sit down with them, have a consultation, we build an extensive run sheet, we put together a styling brief, and then the week of the wedding, call and confirm all of suppliers, and then we're on the day, they're on the day for up to 10 hours to do absolutely anything and everything to make sure that their day is perfect. Whoo! <laughs> yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? And then our full planning and partial planning include styling and on-the-day coordination. Wow. So they are all bunched into that. Yeah. So, but people can just hire you to coordinate the day. Yeah. So you, you can just coordinate the day. You can just style the reception or you can just style the ceremony or you got lots yeah. happening. <laughs> well, it comes back to that uniqueness. Um, and I, you know, it's the same thing, like no two weddings are the same. So no two packages have to be, and you'll get some clients who book us for on the day coordination, but then they're like, hey, will you find us a venue? So then we offer venue researching as an add-on, or alternatively, we'll have a on the day coordination booking, and they're like, we want to manage it, but we don't know where to start with styling. So then we have a style direction package. So yeah, we try and make sure that there's a little nook and cranny for everybody. There really is. And that gets me excited you know, <laughs> because Get planning a wedding. Too. Yeah. As you and I both know, being in the industry and I've, I'm married as well, but I don't know if you are. Um, we know that the industry is hectic and we know that planning a wedding can be really overwhelming. It's a it's a busy industry. There's a lot of suppliers. Like I'm one of over 9,000 celebrants, just as an example, in Australia. So That's we a know. Huge number, hey. Yeah. So we're aware that it's very, very overwhelming because you just go, I don't really know what I want. I don't know how much things cost. I don't know if I That's can afford a huge it. One. Yeah. I, I don't know where to look. You know, like I think mm. I want to get married at the beach. But then when you start talking them through the logistics of what that entails, oh, maybe not. Maybe I'd prefer an estate or a winery or the other way around. Yeah. It yeah. just, 
having those conversations with someone like yourself who knows the area and knows the industry so intimately and has a little package for every nook and cranny yeah. <laughs> that is possible is so amazing. Yeah. Like even just that first coffee must just be super valuable to every couple. Totally. And, you know, I think, um, again, it's different for every single supplier in the industry, but I'm, I know that people will come to us and they will book in our services when they need it and when we believe that we're the right fit. But at the same time, I don't believe that I have to hold very tightly onto all of the information because that's what makes them need me. And I think people respect that. Um, being able to sit down in a consultation and someone says to you that this is the sort of venue they're thinking of and something pops into my head and they haven't booked my service. And I'm like, ah, oh, take a look at this venue. Like, that only swings two ways because A, I may have just shot myself in the foot because now they've got their venue, they no longer need me. Or B, they're going to turn around and go, all right, she's picking up what we're putting down. She's willing to give us the information that we want. We just, we created trust. We trust each other now. We're strangers, but there's a level of trust there. So that's generally how I try and work. And actually one of the things that goes out in all of my consult, um, all of my initial inquiry emails, because it does ring so true, is that we are there throughout the entire planning process, whether it's to give you advice, to let you vent, to get excited, to cry, to scream, to shout, to guide you, to redirect you, to pull you back in, to throw you back out again, whatever it is, we're there. And I think that is so valuable. And that goes across with all suppliers, you would know. That's why people book us for our services. Because if one of your brides came to you and went, oh, I'm having a bit of an issue, like, so-and-so has let me down or I haven't been able to organize this you would know somebody who knows somebody and that knowledge to them is just gold it really is we all want people to have the best wedding day ever Absolutely. that's why we're here like yeah. if that means giving you and throwing information to you to make it better for you like take it all yeah 100 you know? <laughs> and like you said community over competition you know I'm yeah. not here to hold all my cards close and make you need me no I'm, I'm the same mm. as you I'm here to give you that trust and to show you I do know the industry and I do know the area and it's okay you can whatever you need to you make your day the me. best yeah like you. it's totally yeah, fine totally. <laughs> and I think that I think that whole concept of community over competition just jumping back to that I think that's something that it's probably relatively new. I think if you spoke to a lot of people that have been in the industry for a long time, at some point, it wasn't that way. And I think it's almost as if the more saturated, and I don't use the word saturated in a negative context, but the more people that come in, the more the sense of community grows because you want to see each other succeed. And I've, I mean, I've been lucky to meet some wedding planners who became friends over like two emails. Like there was an email introduction and then next minute it's like, when are we grabbing a drink? Like, when are we going out for dinner? So that it, there's a really beautiful sense. And if we can do that with one another, we can literally accomplish anything for our clients. hundred percent. And that's ultimately what it comes back to. Like the yeah. wedding is going to be better if we all get along and if we all help each other totally. succeed to help our clients, weddings and events succeed. That's yeah. really what it ends up doing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And you would, I'm sure you would have had inquiries that pop through sometimes and you actually can't facilitate that date. And I know full heartedly that when I, I never, ever, close the door so if I get an inquiry that I can't help that client or I'm unavailable I respond 
A, recommending someone to them and guiding them directly to that person and B, wishing them the happiest ever after. Like you take this journey and make it everything you need it to be. And being able to recommend someone like from a place of love because you know that person, that's so powerful, you know, and that'll come back to you tenfold. So it's, yeah, it's about lifting each other up, whether it's our clients or whether it's, our, you know, our, our community. I completely agree. And I don't know about for yourself, but, you know, for most of us as celebrants, we're mostly sole traders, you know, so we work Mm. alone out of our home offices and that community over competition is so valuable for us to be able to bounce ideas off of each other, to improve our service delivery, to, you know, get better at what we do. And yet to be able to make those referrals, to be able to refer couples to like-minded celebrants to go, I'm so sorry, I'm not available, but hey, this person will give you the same experience, if not better. Why why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, And you want them to, you know, you want them to give them a better experience. And I think, like you said, we're sole traders, we work from home offices. And the reality of it is that I think most wedding-based professionals are, they run lifestyle businesses. You know, they they love what they do, but they also love their life on the side. And that's a really important thing that we bring into the industry. But being someone that works alone, we wear so many hats. And sometimes the hat's a little bit tight and sometimes yeah. it's a little bit too loose. And if you don't have someone to, to talk to and communicate with that, like you can actually do some serious damage to yourself. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who need psychologists. Like there's a reason for that you know, for their sanity. And having having that sense of community means that when I can't actually get that hat on my head, I know that there's someone that I can call to be like, yeah. look, what do I do here? And and they'll be able to help us. And again, it comes back to, it'll come back tenfold because there's going to be a day that they need something. And yeah, the more we give, the more we get. I think that's across our entire journey on this planet. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I did want to touch base quickly on that questionnaire process. So when you mentioned it, as a celebrant, it's very common in our process Mm. to obviously get to know the couples to tell their story during the ceremony. I love the idea that other suppliers are doing the same thing so that we're all working towards the same love story, the same journey, the same couple on the day we know them awesome as friends you know we know them and like I ask the weirdest things go on tell us one of my (laughs) questions like how much do you know about feng shui and you know how many people ask me and I'm like I know nothing I just wanted to know how much you knew and like what's the difference you know what I mean and like what's your home decor style and they're like but why and I'm like so that I can make you feel at home like yeah you you tell me something about your house I want to make you feel at home and comfortable on the day so there are some very bizarre questions but they become conversation starters yeah they're super important the better we get to know the couples the better service we can provide and the more like them their day is going to feel yeah yeah that's one of the biggest themes of this podcast is one of the main things I like to sort of aim that we talk about is helping couples design a day that feels like theirs how can we help them plan and design this day do you have any advice on what you think makes for the best weddings or the weddings that feel most true to each couple so this is actually one of my favorite topics we could go all night oh um, I am such a firm believer in feeling comfortable in a space and comfort we actually call them your comforts and it's one of the first things that we talk about in consultations because I and I know through planning my own wedding um 
that there's so much inspiration out there. There's so much um, seen and done. There is so much, so many formalities and traditions and things that you have to do that for a lot of the part, people are doing for the first time. And this is their wedding and this is their first experience with it. And all of those things make you feel foreign and out of your comfort zone in a way. So I always want to know how we bring you back into your comfort zone. And whether that is your favorite bottle of wine that we make sure that as soon as you sit down at the reception and you've got all eyes on you, you're drinking a glass of wine that you're familiar with, or whether that is a color, a color that's, you know, throughout your house, that now that color is throughout the table styling through the napkins, for an example, all of a sudden you've got something familiar, something that you can relate to and feel comfortable with. It goes so far. I mean, those can be smells and which is why I brought up our wedding. Um, white sage is something that's been in my relationship with my husband for, since we first met, really, we've been burning white sage. So what we did on our wedding day before our ceremony is gave all the guests white sage and had whoever wanted to smudge so that when we both arrived, ceremony we knew that smell we knew that place already even though we had never really been there in that particular context so yeah it's about finding all of those little things that actually it's such a um like age old saying but make you feel at home you know whatever that is for different people and sometimes those comforts come out in a heartbeat and people can tell you straight away like we've had a bride that's gone oh great tea and I'm like what do I do with that? <laughs> All right, you want add canapes? You want a cup of tea? Um, but then you've got other couples that'll be like, oh no, we don't think there's anything. And those are the ones that surprise you the most where right at the end of the process, something will come up and you'll know that that's what it needs to be. And like we, I think one of the most beautiful ones for me um, was music. Like a particular um, groom, he was actually quite an introvert and he struggled to have conversations with lots of people even if he knew them really well like when he knew he had to have too many conversations he became a little bit retracted I guess from in a social point of view and he made a playlist and we said alrighty so you know music resonates with you he made a playlist that playlist was blaring during the congratulations you know the ceremony and it was time for him to have all of these conversations and we had those tunes pumping because it gave him confidence he was like this is my music these are my sounds these are the things that I like I'm cool I've got this also he didn't have to have that many conversations because the music was so loud so there's all kinds of things you know that you can bring to the party and that couples wouldn't think about themselves because they're overwhelmed with content like I need a photographer and I need a cake maker and I need a lighting person and I need this and I need that. So all of a sudden they forget about their actual needs and they're just like ticking wedding planning boxes. Yeah, that is such an interesting concept that I've never thought of and I'm going to file that one away. I'm going to have to pinch that one, Ashley. <laughs> Give it to the world. But it's such a good idea and it's so, everything you're saying is so relevant because even if you're an extrovert, your wedding can still be overwhelming. It's a big day. You're getting up early to get ready. You do worry about all those details, things going to plan, unless you've got a planner and coordinator <laughs> taking care of it. And still people worry about that because even with a planner and coordinator, it doesn't always go to plan. We fix the plan. But the happens 
life happens. That's right. And you're worried, am I guess having a good time? Does my dress look good? Did I eat too much? Have I not eaten enough? Like whatever it might be. There's so many things that you could be stressed about and worrying about. And then, yeah, the thought of having to be on for the whole event, socializing and mingling. Are you having a good time? Are you having a good time? Thank you for coming. Thank you for your gift. Like just all these things, the concept of being able to bring them back home and make them feel comfortable again. I love that. And you would probably be quite familiar with this one. This is like one of my little, um, from like being a bride's advice, because I've got to be very careful when I'm giving advice to couples, because there's one Ashley that gives wedding planning advice, but then there's got to be the other Ashley that gives, I've been married and I've been there advice, because those are two very different things. Like, sure, they, they complete the same circle, but they come from different places. Um, and something for me that I always try and tell couples is, when you get to the end of your aisle, if that's what you're doing and you're having a ceremony and people are sitting in there watching you, greet each other, take a minute, breathe it in. And when we're managing the music, I let that music go for at least another 10 seconds because I want to give them that time. And then turn your head and have a look at all the eyes that are on you. Because you know when you're standing there, if you haven't looked out in the crowd, that you've got 30 people, 80 people, 200, 400. You've got everyone you but when you turn and you have a look and you go oh my sister's there John's there Barry's over there oh Lisa's at the back there all of a sudden you're familiar you know exactly who's and you're like oh this is I mean you've been looking at me for the past 17 years you know like you keep staring it's fine so it's finding those those moments where you go this is actually not a foreign space these are my people this is where I am and you can sometimes get so swept up in the anxiety, the butterflies, the emotion, the, all the things that those tiny little details just get overlooked and you're like shaking. I mean, I've seen couples standing where they're like actually shaking, you know, because they're just, they haven't found comfort. Comfort is key. Yes, it really is. A very original answer to that question and very valuable advice for everybody out there, for any event, to be honest, but... <laughs> Yeah. So I guess we should talk about the flip side of that coin. Are there any elements that you believe can be very damaging to not just a wedding, but making it feel like it's your wedding, really getting the most out of your day and, and having the best experience? Have you come across anything that you, you would recommend to couples to steer away from or to avoid or to plan ahead for any sort of advice in that area? I think what's damaging and we've we've touched on it slightly is getting consumed. This is right in the beginning of our process. Um, I make sure that our couple, and even if they don't want to, I'm like, you're going to, I have like this school teacher moment and it's like, you're going to set priorities and you each get to pick three. They don't have to be the same. They can be so far removed, but pick your priorities so that when it gets to three months out or four months out and your florist says, I can't get white hydrangeas and you feel like you're about to have a nervous breakdown because everything's revolved around the white hydrangeas, go back to that priority list. And if white hydrangeas are on that priority list, have a meltdown and we'll talk about it. If <laughs> yeah. not, you've got the five, five, five rule. And it's my favorite. It's like, is this going to matter in five years? No. Okay got five minutes to complain and then you wash it away and you move on because people get so wrapped up that when they get to their wedding day they've actually 
not even enjoyed the process a or b they just weren't present for it because it was just from one thing to the next thing to the next thing sweating the tiniest little things that when you get there on the day like a if you notice them okay (laughs) but like it can take away the enjoyment and if you don't feel authentically yourself in any situation whether you're in touch with your self-image or not you're never going to enjoy your time you're never going to be full of joy you're never going to be full of love so let all the things go um and once you've chosen your style direction like actually delete your account off pinterest like for real (laughs) delete for the next whatever many months until we get you married because and self-doubt and those things naturally creep in with anxiety and I always try and reframe anxiety especially for brides we don't have a lot of grooms that maybe they experience it but they don't vocalize it but for brides in those final weeks that are getting so anxious I've just got this thing where I'm like "Uh uh-uh that's not anxiety like that's butterflies butterflies are awesome like that's what you want to (laughs) feel like this is after like come on because you can you can get so consumed um that you end up saying I do and you're like wait what just happened to the last 72 hours like where did they go yeah you're so right being consumed is so common especially because of Pinterest and Instagram and every and wanting to have the perfect day so I really love your idea of that priorities list and I think that segueing into sort of the next topic we're going to have to touch a little bit on COVID but I do think that COVID has had some positives yeah obviously but yeah I do think there's been some positives there where as a result of COVID and all the havoc that it's wreaked on 2020 people in general across all aspects of their lives have really taken stock of what's most important what are the greatest priorities and applying that in particular to their weddings are the white hydrangeas the most important aspect or is marrying the person you love the most important aspect? Bringing perspective. Perspective. And that's just it. I think weddings and everything else in our world, people just stripped back their expectations for the first time in a long time. And don't get me wrong, we've all seen it. It's been done and it's worked. So why would we want to change it? I get that. You know, I've seen how people celebrate their 30th. So I had my 30th in ISO and I was like, hold on. Like, this isn't how it should be until it arrived. We've seen how weddings go and we've seen all of these things unfold in the same manner that's worked for many, many years that people were just resistant of doing things differently. But through the course of 2020, everyone, like you said, has come back to the reason why they're getting married. And I use this time and time again, and I'm going to hold on to it until COVID's like not the topic of conversation anymore. You're committing for better or worse. Like, here we are. This is worse. If you can push this and get to the other side of it, you like, you win. Done. The prize is yours, you know, like people did I think we I said this to a lot of couples from quite early on and it was a mindset shift for myself too because when it first kicked off in um in March I was the particular week that everything went wrong we had um three weddings and an event on that that week the event and 
went the event and two weddings went ahead and one wedding didn't and it was quite maybe two or three weeks after that when all of the postponements started that I kind of went hold on okay we can't do anything but let's like look at this differently and I kind of came to terms with the fact that the longer I dug my heels in and waited for things to go back to whatever version of normal we were all anticipating, the more difficult it was to see and understand change. If I stopped digging in my heels and went, oh, okay, it's normal to only leave my house to go and get groceries or, okay, it's normal to meet people in my inbox. It was like, I can do it. It's normal. But if I was going, it's not normal to do this and it's not normal to do that and it doesn't look the same to do it like this, I can't do the things. So we put that same belief into weddings and just kind of went, all right. So, and it, and it's worked. <laughs> I've got to say like, it's foolproof because when it came to going back with a COVID safe plan, but not being able to all sit at the same tables or not being able to stand and drink, like there was always an alternative. We just started reaching what weddings looked like and the sooner we did that we were given an opportunity in my opinion we were given like literally a key to a door that went what do you want weddings to look like all right go and make them look like that who gets you know in their time so yeah it has it's definitely changed people but I think it's 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 changed us as people and then it's changed us as people and how we interact with other people and I think that's the most important yeah, you're so right. I mean, I think in particular with weddings, traditions are passed down over time, cultures and those sorts of expectations are passed down through generations. And I hear from many, 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 many couples that I work with that they want to steer away from a lot of traditions. So they want a certain amount in there so that it feels like a wedding, but they want it to be more original, more unique, more like them, less traditional, less stiff is often a word I hear because it feels stiff if every wedding's the same. So increasingly, I think that more and more couples want their version of the right wedding for them. And COVID has given an opportunity for people to really think about what that looks like and create it. Yeah. And to, it, to be okay that they created it. And interestingly yeah. enough. Unapologetically. Exactly. Just embrace who they are. And another trick that we say to people is as this is your day and we plan it around you and your wants and your needs and your requirements. But at the same time, do what you can to cater for your people because you know your guests better than anybody else. And you know what they're going to receive, what they're going to reject, what they're going to enjoy. So bring all of that in. And interesting, my husband and I actually did that in our wedding and we kind of went like, he's I'm from a Catholic family he's from a Jewish family and we were like okay so how do we make this not about all of them as much as we love them and we love where we came from like how do we just about us and we threw traditions away and we did it our own way and I think it makes it so much easier for me as a wedding planner to encourage people to do that because I tried it and it worked <laughs> you know I'm not I'm giving advice from a place of experience and I think that that's for me valuable even if it's not for them because I feel more confident in suggesting alternatives I'm loving the change yeah same I haven't necessarily enjoyed COVID but I am looking forward to the positives that are coming out of it I think there's some brilliant ones I think it's forced 
a lot of businesses across a lot of industries in in pivoting it's forced people to go how can I do things differently how can I cater to people better and all their different needs as opposed to but I've been doing it this way for the last five years or 10 years or whatever everybody has really thought about how we can adapt how we can move forward and how we can do things however we want however anyone wants (laughs) how quickly we can pivot and that pivot being a success you know we don't need a five-year plan. We got a five-minute COVID. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting to see how quickly we adapt as humans and not even just as humans, our planet, how quickly our planet, everything. I mean, I know you you feel the same way too, but everything that I'm saying is with the utmost respect for the people that have lost life, loved ones and suffered and everything else. Like I, I wish that it wasn't the case, but I do, my gut told me that, COVID was here to teach us a lesson and the sooner we learned that lesson, the sooner whatever version of normal you've been waiting for would come back and I think we're getting there and I when I say that I guess I've kind of got my blinkers on to the rest of the world because we've become a bit isolated but if we Australia as a whole like sure you you know you would think differently with the experience you've had but collectively I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Even with what we've gone through in Melbourne, I think I, I agree with you. As a nation, collectively, we've done pretty well. And as you said, the most of the negative effects of COVID, I really hope, are behind us. They were awful. And, yeah, now it's time to look forward to the positive results of what we've had to endure. <laughs> That's the thing, not to forget, because another conversation I've had so much recently is that we went from a place of complete calm to chaos and there was no transition. So burnout is a real thing. And I think if people realize that there wasn't a slow progression back to the pace of life and to our to-do lists and everything that consumes us, we will be back where we were before a whole lot quicker. So it's just about that mindfulness and that space that we have by ourselves, realizing it because there's another podcast that I listen to and one of her little catchphrases is um, you need to give, what is it? You need to fill your cup first so that you can give people the best of you and not the rest of you. And that for me now is everything I do in my life. I'm like, wait, am I giving them the best of me or the rest of me? And it just takes a little bit of awareness. Yeah. And we can apply that to everything in life, but Whilst we're talking wedding planning, we can definitely apply that to wedding planning. Yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah, I, I can, we can do this. Yeah, yeah. We do love to get off track. I love to have the organic conversations and then we try and bring it back. <laughs> yeah. And other than COVID having this impact on our lives and the industry in all the ways we've already talked about, I did want to touch on, are you seeing any new trends or emerging trends or do you foresee the industry changing in any way for the the upcoming wedding season and the next couple of years maybe? I think the next year, as in the immediate weddings, a lot of and I speak for myself, a lot of the weddings that we've got coming up, especially for 2021, have been postponements. Most of those postponements were in their final stages of planning. So unless restrictions 
like dictate what we can and can't do, then I don't foresee massive changes. In terms of trends, micro weddings, and this is one that I've been jumping off the walls for about for a while, micro weddings are becoming accepted. And when I say accepted, I'm meaning accepted by your mum and your father-in-law and your auntie and your uncle and the 19 cousins that can't come. And people are finally going like, okay, it's fine for me to pick the people who I want there without judgment. And much changes when you have a micro wedding and I can speak for hours about what it does for your budget but what it does for the feeling that you get on the day and experience you don't just get a like 35 second congratulations with every guest like you get a full conversation with that person you get thanks to them for being there they thank you for being there it means so 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 much and without discrediting the 250 packs weddings because those are just as festive but I do think that it's beautiful that it's become more inclusive to kind of go in whichever direction you choose yeah and I think that's the key is that it being more accepted or couples feeling as though they can actually do what they wanted to do unapologetically without judgment because as you say a micro wedding can be the most beautiful, intimate event. And it really comes down to having the people that you want there. And like you said, it really comes down to feeling comfortable again, going back to your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is 20 people, you can do that now without feeling as though everyone's going to crack it at you for not inviting them. Um, if, if you want to have 200 people, you can still do that. And everyone's going to be stoked after everything we've been through this year. So <laughs> either way, but you know, like I had a friend who had an engagement party at their parents' house, but when we got there, it was surprise. We actually got married earlier today and so they lost friendships over it because yeah. So they felt we don't want a big wedding. We don't want all eyes on us. We would just like to go off and get legally married with just our parents and our siblings and just have this cute little moment. And then we'll have a party with everybody later and tell them that's what went down. And there were all these people that felt, but I should have been your bridesmaid or I should be at your wedding. They felt that they should be a part of that event. And I think there's a lot of couples that are probably going through something similar. They feel obligated to have a certain type of event, but now they have more choices that are more accepted, I think, like you said. And look, in regards to that situation, and I mean this in a very, very loving way, but maybe you need to do a bit more observation into who those people are. Because if you have people that feel they should be your bridesmaids who believe that your wedding is about them, then they definitely your bridesmaids yeah and because look I my anxiety we I can't manage the whole engagement party surprise wedding thing like sure there's one in the books that's like it's going to be planned for next year and I've got my you know my control over the situation but it does it makes me it makes me feel things and I guess it's from a a viewpoint of control Uh, and the guests knowing what's going on and dressing the right way and saying and doing the right thing Having said that, at the end of the day, your wedding's yours. Like, that is the only thing that matters, is that it's yours. It's the two of you, whether it's 200 of you, whether it's on the top of a mountain, whether it's in a cave, like, whatever it is, it's yours. So, yeah, that's a pity. But we live and we learn. Yeah, I think that um, after 2020, a lot less people are going to be worried about 
pleasing everybody else. Um, that's definitely a trend that's emerging with the micro weddings. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for weekday weddings. I'm all for lunchtime weddings. I'm all for what, however it is you want to celebrate your love and make it legal. I'm down. I think it's great. <laughs> like one of my absolute favorites. There's nothing better than having your first dance at sunset. I'll say it a million times. Like everyone screams for golden hour. I'm like, yeah, have your first dance then. Because you get so much more out of your day. You're awake at that time the day of your wedding so it's like you just get more hours in that wedding day which is so so special yeah a sunrise wedding on like a clifftop sounds unbelievable oh I know but also weekdays you know we work Monday to Friday we work Saturday and sometimes we work Sunday so every now and then when it's like a Wednesday wedding it's like we get an office day on site (laughs) yeah love it Love it. And I love how that can keep it more intimate as well. That makes me really excited for people. Yeah, that's pretty much it for my main questions. And I think we've covered a lot of really good off topics as well. And we've gone into some really cool little deep and meaningful conversations too, that'll be really valuable for a lot of couples. Um, But is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or talk about or promote? I think to be honest, for me, your wedding planning is a journey and it's so imperative that every single step of that process represents who you are, but more than who you are, the life that you want to live with your partner and have fun with it. Like your wedding doesn't start when you walk down the aisle. It starts when you say yes to the proposal and then everything that goes into that, you're building your marriage from day one. You've decided you're doing it and that's where it begins. And it's so important. And this is, people can take it, they can leave it, but turn wedding planning into dates. We get so concerned by our everyday life that sometimes when you're with a partner for a long period of time, you don't actually have dates as we perceive them. Um, so yeah, I, we, we usually say to people like, all right, you're going to compare four photographers. These are the prices. Like you guys choose your favorite restaurant, go out for dinner and discuss this over a meal, make it something to celebrate, make it fun. Don't make it a chore. And whether you're doing it on your own or with somebody else, it's a journey. It's an adventure. It's not, it's our job. It's not your job. (laughs) So go into it with the right mindset because that's, it's very important. Yeah. The idea of dates, that's a really, really good suggestion because I completely agree. The planning process should be just as enjoyable as the day and your day will be more enjoyable if you enjoyed planning it. (laughs) Yeah. And if you do it together, you know, it shouldn't be just one person doing all the organizing and all the research and making all the decisions. It should feel like both of you had input. And when you're there on the day, you're going to really appreciate that. You're going to enjoy it more. And I also heard something interesting. Sorry, I hope this isn't throwing us off, but I was having a conversation with a supplier the other day and she had come across a client and they had told her that they weren't going to be going ahead with her services. And the way they actually sent the email was that um, they had decided that the groom was going to choose who the celebrant was and the bride was going to choose who the photographer was. Don't segregate yourself before your wedding started. Like, Remember that you're, again, you're entering into a life together and this is part of that learning. Make decisions together and learn how to compromise now because it's a lot easier to compromise now than once you've already said I do and you're starting your new life. Like use this, use this as education and education from a space of love. 
Yeah, definitely. And lean on your suppliers. If it's not a wedding planner, lean on everybody else because we all have knowledge and there's a reason you pick your suppliers there's a reason you resonate with your celebrant and use you know use that in a very in a beautiful way not in a harsh way use it to benefit both of you because it's more than likely that you know a really great photographer that you're comfortable working with and you guys are probably quite in sync there's synergy in that relationship so build off those use those blocks Yeah. And we're all more than happy to work together. You know, if a couple came to me and said, oh, we're just, we're really stressed about X, Y, Z, and we're just not sure what to do about it. And I might say, okay, well, what does your photographer have to say? Maybe we should talk to them. Like I'll call them. Let's have a chat. Let's work together. Yeah. But appreciate that about your suppliers because it also goes to the (laughs) side, you know, value that and appreciate it. Don't take advantage of it because if you're doing of your couples you can very easily you know take that a little bit too far so it's an exchange of energy like everything in life yeah you are so right Ashley and what a pleasure it has been chatting to you tonight I've had so much fun this conversation went to places I honestly did not predict that it would go and I'm so happy about it It's been so great. It's so nice to meet you. (laughs) You too. Zoom has been my best friend in 2020. <laughs> honest, I'm loving it. I, I've got family. I'm all about it. But yeah, we'll grab a coffee. Thank you so much for having me and including me. And I'm excited to see where your podcast adventure takes yeah. you. You're more than welcome. And thank you. I'm excited too. Um, how can couples find you for those that are interested in getting in touch? If anyone's getting married in Brisbane in particular. This was a business chat. Um, so you can find us over at um www.theotherbridesmaid.com.au um you can flick us an inquiry through there we're on instagram i've got to be honest i'm not a social media guru um and i love a phone call so feel free to ring me and surprise me but yeah shoot us an email drop us a line we're here to chat the other thing we're also just here to chat like if you just want like call me yeah pick pick her brain pick ashley's brain exactly (laughs) well best of luck to you for the coming wedding season and late 2021 early 2022 i really do hope that business goes well for you in the years to come lovely so good to meet you and chat soon as always i hope you enjoyed that episode of the effortless weddings podcast Give the Instagram at Effortless Weddings a follow. This is where I promote upcoming episodes and also ask you for your feedback on who you want to hear from, what information you need to know and what areas you might need a hand with. If you happen to have some positive things to say and might like to help encourage others to join the tribe, give us a little review on your preferred podcast streaming service. And to keep hearing more great wedding advice from some of the best the industry has to offer, Hit subscribe and get notified each week as new episodes drop. Once again, my name is Heidi and if you have any questions, ideas for an episode or even want to share your wedding planning stories, feel free to contact me. All of my links and information will be listed in the episode description. Thanks again for listening. Keep doing happy dances and remember that life is always better when sprinkled with cheesy love stuff.